Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. This morning's passage is out of Luke chapter 24, verses 36 through 49. Just before this, there had been a rumor that there was a risen Jesus, and that he had uh, been seen. This is when he first appears to his friends, the disciples. It says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking that they had saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still while, while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that was written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. May God add his blessing to this reading of the word as we sing hymn 164. So I want to talk a little bit this morning about uh, the roller coaster of the week. I don't know if you thought much about the week that Jesus and his friends and his family and all those who were connected to him would have had. Just last Sunday, they were waving palms. They had got that donkey and they laid things on the ground. And there was all this excitement for the new king had come to town. There was this excitement over this new Messiah, as they would say, right? Someone who was going to take over. They had been looking for this person And Jesus would ride in on that donkey. And people cheered. And they were excited. But it didn't last that long. The weekend, that weekend started out with a ball of fire. But it got quickly pretty, uh, the directions began to change. And then on the next day, Jesus would meet this Zacchaeus guy. He'd be walking down the road and meet this guy who's, He's in a tree because he can't see and he wants to see. And Jesus goes and he begins to spend time with this money guy. 
And they don't like that so much. And then he goes into the temple where he sees this mess. They're just there to make money. And he gets angry and he turns the tables. And he, makes, he begins to make a mess of the temple. And people begin to see a different side of Jesus. And the Pharisees, they don't like that. And then by Wednesday, he's, he's reminding his disciples to stand firm. Stand firm. The temple is going to be knocked stone by stone, but in three days I will rebuild that temple. Stand firm in your faith. And they really don't understand all of what's going on in that. And then on Thursday, Passover. Passover, you may have been a, uh, had a chance to be a part of the Seder meal on Thursday night. And I hope that that enriched your understanding of what a Passover meal would look like. A celebration where they would sit around the table and remember the time when God had delivered them. Where he protected them with a lamb. That lamb, they understood that this lamb would be without blemish. And that lamb would be sacrificed and its blood marking the, the, the doorpost so that God would pass over that that house and not take out and not kill the firstborn. And in the middle of the Passover meal, Jesus has that cup of redemption, the third cup. And he flips it on its head. The cup of redemption, he says, this is my body, this is my blood. And he institutes even right that moment the communion that we now practice on a regular basis and it's right after that that they head to the garden and you remember the time when they're in garden of gethsemane and jesus said let's go and pray for a while and of course it's been a long day they had served passover and things had been a, it'd been a long day getting prep, prepared for that and making it go and they go there and jesus said watch while i go and pray and of course you know what happens they fall asleep and Jesus prays, not my will, but your will. He, right? he, he says, I know what's about to happen, and if there's another way out, but I know there isn't another way out, and so your will, God, not my will. And then we know what happens right after that. They come and they arrest him. They grab him and they put him, uh, and they take him for a trial early Friday morning. And that trial it gets pretty ugly pretty quick. Remember, the same people who had been cheering in the background for this new king are cheering for this man to be crucified. Given the option to take Barabbas, this known criminal, or Jesus, king of the Jews, as they would call him, they had a decision to make. They got to pick. And they turned on him. And then we know what happens on Friday. He's beaten. He's whipped. Scripture says barely even could tell who he was at that point. I once heard a, a sermon about what, a, what something like a cat of nine tails could do. A cat of nine tails was it literally had a handle and ropes. It had nine ropes on it. 
And they would put pieces of bone and pieces of metal. And they would put pieces uh, like shards of, of wood and just so many different things. And, it was, and they were all loose. And they would swing that into a man's body, into his back. And as they pulled, it would literally shred his body. And Scripture tells us it was barely noticeable to the people around him. He was so brutally wounded. And then he would go to that cross, carry his cross, and then go to that cross. And we know what crucifixion is all about. It's one of those things that it doesn't get much uglier than crucifixion. See, people think because they put a couple nails through you that that's what, take, that that's what kills you, but it's not. It's suffocation. You can no longer breathe because you, can't, you have no way to, to move your body and your diaphragm, and so you can no longer breathe. And finally, he cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's, he's, uh, he's reading or reciting the scripture um, from Psalms. There's a passage in Psalms 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the whole earth went dark. And you got to ask yourself, if you were a friend or a disciple or an acquaintance of Jesus at that moment when he died, everything in your life, every plan you had, every direction you were headed was thrown in the garbage at that one moment. And so, come Sunday morning, their dreams were dashed. And you have to ask yourself, I asked myself, if I were to lose my best friends, what I would do. And they were doing what any one of us would have done. They would have gotten together with those who they loved, those who loved them. And they would have gathered tightly in a room to try to find some solace in the midst of a very painful day. That's, that wasn't out of the ordinary and they even heard this rumor. This rumor was, Mary saw Jesus. And, I'm, and, I, and you and I both know what we would have thought if we had we heard that, right? Obviously, Mary was either out of her mind or was delusional or didn't really see Jesus because how could a man who had been crucified, a man we had spent three and a half years with, we had done you know, 24-7, had worked and had watched those miracles and how could that man that we saw on that cross and taken off of that cross come back to life and so as they were sitting in that room they realized that death is a great equalizer it is it's that thing that no one escapes death and yet this passage we read says that the, the disciples are sitting together and they hear this voice. And it's a voice they know well. They didn't have to turn around. 
They didn't have to look. They heard the voice of Jesus say, Peace be with you. And once they heard that, they realized in their minds, they couldn't even believe that they could hear that. And what's it say? It says they doubted. They weren't really sure. They thought maybe, maybe we just heard a ghost. Maybe we saw a ghost. Maybe a ghost had come back. A spirit of Jesus had come to see us. That's interesting because I think even now today we talk a lot about the ghosts of people who have passed come back. Or that we see uh, something that reminds us of someone who has gone. And they saw this, what they thought was a ghost. And it, and it says they doubted. Like any one of us would have doubted. And even when they saw him eat food, and they touched his hands and his feet, he showed them his hands and his feet, and he said, this is, look, this is me. Give me a piece of fish. Give me something to eat. I'll show you that I am alive. And then it says, remember when I told you I was going to fulfill those Old Testament stories of a Messiah to come? He reminds them, I told you this when I was still alive. Those disciples saw a real live Jesus. I bring this up because do you know what happened to those disciples as they would go through life from this day forward? Most every disciple that was there with Jesus, either by uh, scripture or histor historical um, papers or even just tradition have, are said to have died for their faith or have written books. Uh, John was exiled to Patmos. Peter was crucified upside down, as tradition goes. Andrew preached until he was crucified. Thomas Tradition says was speared by four uh, while he was ministering to people. He was speared to death. Philip was killed for his faith. We're reminded that Matthew wrote the gospel. John, he wrote. He was exiled for his faith. The point is this. They were all people who experienced Jesus' life. They walked with him. They talked with him. They spent time with him. They watched him minister they saw him arrested, they saw him crucified, and they saw him rise again. Not just an epiphany, not just this uh, ghost, but a real man raised from the dead. And once they saw this Jesus raised from the dead, they offered their life as living sacrifices. They offered their life in, in servanthood to this Jesus to the point of their death. See, I think one of the struggles in the Christian faith is it's hard for us to wrap our minds around how could someone live a perfect life that's hard to... to how could someone live a perfect life? How could someone be crucified 
How could someone lay in a grave for three days? And how could someone raise again? I think a lot of us, a lot of times in the world, we, we think maybe this is just an allegory. Maybe it's just an idea. Maybe, it's, maybe it really didn't happen. And yet, Scripture reminds us that these men saw Jesus. They heard Jesus' voice. They touched his hands. They watched him eat food, and they gave their lives in response. He gave up his spirit and came back to life. They gave up their lives for the gospel. I asked that question of you this morning. What are you doing for the gospel? Do you believe that this Jesus lived a perfect life, that he died a brutal death, and that he rose again? The difference it makes is eternity. Let's be honest, there isn't a lot of hope for this world. We go through this world and we see that there is one problem after another problem after another problem after another problem. And quickly you can be discouraged by this world. But remember, Jesus said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He was that Lamb who took away our sins, if we'll ask Him. Let's pray. Lord God, we are so thankful for that sacrifice that was given for us. We are reminded, Lord, that Jesus took it to the cross, that he was that lamb without blemish. He was that lamb without spot. He was the perfect sacrifice to stand in our path, to be in, in our way, to protect our sinful lives. Lord, you have called us to call upon Jesus to make a difference in our life. It takes but a simple step. A step of faith that says, I believe that you lived this perfect life, that you died on that cross and that you rose again. And I believe, Lord, that you did it for me. That my life was bad enough that my sin was dark enough that on my own volition I can't get to heaven. I need a Savior. I can't do enough good to erase the bad. And so Lord, I just thank you this morning for your son Jesus that he has risen and risen today. And we're reminded of that as we read this scripture. Thank you for the love that you have for us. Thank you that you care over us. Thank you, Lord, that you offer us a way out. For on our own, we don't have any way that we could ever get to eternity. We're not good enough. We're, as scripture says, filthy rags. Lord, we're reminded that the only path to victory is through your Son, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.